The series sponsored by Giant Leap tackles many of the issues we are facing in the world of work at present and how we can make work and work life better for leaders and employees. Work has changed drastically in the past few months. A tiny virus has got us all questioning how we work and how we should be working. We have proven that we can work without an office. In fact, pretty much anywhere. Employees have been given a choice about where to work. But what we have also learned is that what we want isn't always the right thing for us. It has us all begging the question, what should we do with an office? And do we need an office? What does an office represent? Linda Trim, Director at Giant Leap Workspace Specialists, chats to some of our top industry leaders and professionals on their thoughts around work and what the future of the office holds. The saying goes, effective workforce, effective workplace. Throughout the series, we tap into the minds of great leaders and professionals to explore the question that has everyone talking. Where is the office? Hi, this is Linda Trim from Giant Leap. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Dave Govender, the CEO of Bravo Group. Not only is Dave a great friend, but also a great client. He has planned many an office over the years, and whenever I need to know anything, I call Dave. Dave has always been my guru that I turn to. Sitting back earlier in the year, I clearly remember sitting in hard lockdown and thought, who do I call? I needed a lifeline, so it was the one and only Dave G. Dave and I had a long conversation about where work was going to go. He was sitting on his patio enjoying the sunshine. I was hiding indoors from a peacock that had taken residence in my garden and was punishing me more than work from home. Needless to say, I wasn't feeling in a great space. I was battling to keep my team together. When I needed them working, some were mowing the lawn and others were nowhere to be found. Others wanted immediate answers at 10 p.m. It was then that Dave G said something very important to me, or very profound, I should say. His words were as follows. Lynn, watch this space. What is going to happen when the romanticism of working from home disappears? I sat and I pondered. Was this damn thing ever going to disappear? Or were we having the latest love affair called work from home? The next thing he posed to me was what is going to happen when there's an accident or an injury that takes place at home? Whose responsibility will it be? Will it be the individuals or will it be the companies as it happened in working hours? Dave G really got me thinking about so many different issues and we continued to chat and continued this conversation well after lockdown. What was really interesting is that Dave Governor had taken over as CEO of the Bravo Group towards the beginning of the year. As the year progressed, the romanticism of work from home has certainly begun to fade. But what are people doing since many are unable to return to 100% capacity at the office and people are expecting so much more from the office, which is what's getting Dave so excited these days? Since people have become accustomed to spending so much more time at home, conversations have started to grow between us as to how best we could connect people working between home and the office and what it is that people need. Dave, maybe you want to highlight a bit of this for us because I know it's what gets you going. Aslan, well, firstly, I'm trying to recognize who's this guy talking about. 
take the compliments while they come in. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. <laughs> I, I think I think most importantly, um, you know, as we reflect on the way the world has changed, um, we also have to remember what used to be and 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 what were regarded as the 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 staples in our lives. So, for example, the certainty of going to an office with all of the rigmaroles of traffic and uh, and and traffic lights not working it's and accidents and etc even though we will complain about it i think the the certainty that it gave us um is something that everybody missed immediately there was work from home situation i think like like many people you would have noticed people are saying you know i feel like i've been working longer and harder than i've ever worked in my life and that's true because now your 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 lunch break is no longer your lunch break you're eating on the go no one's complaining about whether you're eating on the couch or in your bed or in your under your gazebo, <laughs> but you're working, right? Correct. So I think the biggest challenge will be for those people that still haven't stepped back into the office environment proper. You know, we we've heard about the mental health issues, we've heard about productivity issues. It's not as if the the world of work was perfect before, but it was certain. And and I call this the 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 trust deficit currently. Everybody wants to trust something, and Certainty is, is, is that trust. People may not like it, but they trust it. So, you know, working, working from home, yes, comes with all of the trappings of leisure when you feel like uh, you log in, you do the necessary, you make the phone calls, you get onto Teams or Zoom. But when you put your pen down or you your, 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 your close your laptop, you still know that you're available. It's different from working from the office. And I think what I've, what I've been trying to sort of reconcile in my head is at what point do you create that equilibrium that it doesn't really matter where you work from as long as you have the, the comforts and the trust that you need. I love what you're saying. And I read a brilliant article in the Wall Street Journal last night um, about people who are just slowly starting to return to the office and what the reaction's been of these people. So some said it had a feeling of strangeness to go back and others said they were completely excited. And the things that really came up were quite fascinating. One lady said she was permanently starving and had to keep <laughs> a snack drawer at the office because she was used to baking banana bread yeah. at, at home. The next one said they really had separation anxiety from their dog and had to disappear during the day. <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, I mean, there was one team school which was also full video. You know, all of our teams were always almost on audio, uh, and that's to preserve the connectivity and effectiveness of it. And on one of them, in fact, it was my first board meeting at Bravo just before I started. And I joined, and, you know, Bravo had it on, vis on visual, full visual. So I thought, cool, you know, let me just brush the hair and look <laughs> presentable. And in the... Almost in the middle of the board meeting, here comes my golden retriever and he smacks his head right in front of the screen. <laughs> so everybody got a big dose of dog. Part of the board meeting. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think, you know, to, to your point about that, uh, that withdrawal symptoms with people, it's, it's a strange place, right? I mean, moving office for everybody is a new experience. Huge change you management. Could been, yeah, you could be in a building for in an office environment for 20 years, go to a brand new ultra-modern office, and there's huge change management uh, effects of that. When we went from from office to home in early March, you went to a place that you trusted already. Correct. You knew what was there. You almost visualized before you started working which area of the house you could be working from, 
whether it was your gazebo, patio, bedroom, lounge, dining area, but you knew that. All you were wondering about was, uh, am I able to have proper signal in terms of connectivity? So just like that, I've been thinking increasingly, and if I bring it back to what I do and what, you know, what we do in terms of the business environment, it's about enablement. So you, you want to know that your, your network is stable. And what's Murphy's Law? In every single team's call, the line will drop. <laughs> That's, that enabling hasn't happened and hasn't been perfected yet. Uh, you want to know that you know, the, the wife or the husband or the, the dog or the friends or the don't suddenly walk in and ask a question in the middle of you. Boil the kettle. Or boil the, exactly. Or the, the, the absolutely, absolutely mind-boggling invention called the leaf blower. Doesn't start up. <laughs> we have that on a Tuesday yeah, morning. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, I live in an estate. And we almost got to a point where neighbors started bashing each other because of leaf blowers. Because, yes, you, you may get leaf blowers in office environments, you know, especially in office parks. But it's almost predictable. Not the gardener who decides, okay, at 8 o'clock, he's going to start it. Giant Leap are the leaders in workspace and creating working solutions that add value to employees. They offer expert advice on how people should be working, how often they should be coming to the office, and what settings we need going forward. What is the future of the office, and is one proposition better than another? Um, from a Bravo perspective, I think, and, and this is something that's increasingly top of mind for me, how do I create an environment, in an office, envi- in an office environment that allows the the people in those offices to still feel their the creature comforts from home. So that was very much what came up in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. People said they were thrilled to be back at the office. But thrilled to see people that they didn't even know they would miss or had yeah. missed and connect with them. The most exciting thing was to have a photocopier or a printer and actually be able to be tactile and yeah. have documents that you could write on and highlight. But what they missed the most was the comforts of their home. They loved the space in the office that you could move about because obviously a home is a lot more restrictive for most of us. So Dave, you've really gone into one of the most exciting markets where you've got mattresses, lazy boy couches, you name it, everything for the house. Mm -hmm. But how can we now merge what you've got with what the office has to bring those comforts for people into an office? Okay, and to answer that question, Lynn, I think I've got to go back to what do we pay? What do we think we pay for? We pay for productivity. We pay for output. We pay for objectives being met. The world is probably because of convenience. The world has blissfully ignored the fact that whilst COVID has been around, productivity levels have been maintained or improved or dropped for various reasons. And and in South Africa, we we can't claim to have had the highest levels of productivity. But companies have been working and they're, and they're trusting their staff to work from home. So productivity is one of those measures that, assuming at whatever level it was, if we're able to maintain either side of the environment, work from home or work from office, I think if we can get that balance right in terms of saying, we actually don't care where you work from. As long as there's productivity levels that we expect and as long as the output is there on time, uh, that's effectively the new world. Uh, it's not so much the the uh, the controls that we want it's more about the social part of working in an office that's very important because if we have to get to the point of saying well we need 
we need people on, you know, actually physically present for certain types of meetings, for certain types of interventions. Sure. So the office will, will, will not disappear, should not disappear. We need to be able to create an environment that allows you to still, and I'll use, and I'll use an example. If it's winter, why can't you have your little blanket in your office around you? Because you're not offending anybody. So we must take ourselves a little less seriously about office rules. And I'm not saying, you know, you can come into the office in pajamas. But, <laughs> but look presentable, yeah. like you would look presentable if you're doing a Teams call from home. But allow, allow our offices to be built to create that kind of ambience. You know, nothing wrong with a few formal or informal cultures. And people sit around and have a discussion on a meeting rather than sitting in a boardroom table. And the aircon's blowing at 16 degrees Celsius. Nobody's comfortable. And you're thinking to yourself, geez, at home I was there in my comfort and you know, I had my blanket and I was able to still be giving the same kind of output. So what I'd like to see is the way we design office spaces change. It mustn't be the clinical you know, steel and, 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 and solid wood. or, or you know, We need to soften it down, create a bit of that ambience, focus on productivity and output rather than focus on aesthetics. I think that's uh, that's where and, and that's where we can come in. And I think we've learned you don't have to be sitting at a desk and chair to do it. You can sit in your lazy boy, and be as productive, if not more productive, because you've chosen the space that works for you, and you're comfortable in that space, which has a huge impact on on people. Um, and, and Dave, you know the one very interesting thing I know we found with um, COVID and lockdown is people really are very pro local production mm -hmm. and I think it's forced us to realize the importance of supporting our own economy here and what can happen when we go into lockdown when you can't get stuff internationally now as a giant leap group you guys have always been pro local mm -hmm. what are your thoughts around this or what is the sort of feedback you've had with it it's absolutely the most important or most single most important imperative that government can get right uh, which is to seriously if you're allowed in China, you didn't get your stuff out of China. And irrespective of whether there was a pandemic or not, suddenly it changed the entire focus on here and now. Uh, when, when your car breaks down, when you have a, a puncture that you can't repair, who's the guy that you call? It's your local dealer. You're not calling the manufacturer in Germany or China to say I've got Very a breakdown. Much. I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a simple analogy. Um, when it comes to furniture, all of our factories are around the country. We know that you know within within an hour, you could get somebody calling on you to to actually inspect your your the, whatever is the 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 issue. Um, yes, the raw material may come out of China or anywhere else in the world, but the fabrication, the attention to detail, the the ability to to recover on a failed consumer complaint uh, problem, or the ability to collect and re and replace is here now. So I think government needs to get that right. And I know I'm very aware that as part of our work we're doing with the DTI as well as the South African Furniture Initiative, uh, we're focusing heavily on that uh, you know, through, a, through a process of localization of supply, through the process of uh, tariffs, and, and penalizing or, or planning to penalize where it matters. So we may need certain raw materials that are absolutely not available in South Africa obvious reasons all good and fine you don't you don't penalize the imports of those types of products when it comes to finished product though you know south africa is an industrious nation we can make things
Uh, we need to trust ourselves more. And, and I use the analogy for every one couch that's important to the country. That's another job that's not created locally. That's another 10 mouths that don't get the benefit of that salary in South Africa. So as Bravo is the, uh, the market leader in our space, we're absolutely fully supporting that. In fact, we actually signed up to the Proudly South Africa initiative. We believe in it. Um, and, and, and we want to play our part in, in, in making sure that we can not only satisfy our local needs in terms of job creation, um, creating or recreating the, the craft industry, you know, whether it's cutting and sewing of fabrics or leather, whether it's crafting the wood that goes onto furniture, we want to be able to be a net exporter of product. Now, once we create the jobs, once we improve on capacity, increase capacity, we want to be able to fulfill local market, absolutely pervasively penetrate the local market, and then show the world what South Africa is capable of in terms of quality and, and reliability. You know, proudly South Africans should simply be South African. You know, like the watch on my hand, you know, if it says Swiss, you trust it, right? <laughs> well, Dave, I look forward to catching up at the end of the year. And I, it's going to be interesting to see because I know we like to compete. Whether you've sold more mattresses or we've sold more office chairs for work from home. <laughs> because I'm not sure which is winning the, the race at the moment and which is more important. Happy, happy to compete <laughs> and happy to cooperate. Uh, I mean, the utopia would be for me to have a mattress in everybody's office place as well. There you go. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Always great chatting, Dave. Thank you for Perfect. your time. Thanks, Lynn. Bye. Cheers. Bye. We at Giant Leap believe working well is good business. If you treat people well, you bring out the best in them. Giant Leap believes a workspace designed to enable everybody to work well can bring out the very best in each individual and demonstrate how passionate a company is about caring for its people.